Induction of The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. Dramatis Personae. Persons in the Induction. A Lord. Read by Bob Sherman. Christopher Sly, a tinker. Read by David Lawrence. Hostess. Read by Niru Ayur. Page. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Players. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Huntsman. Read by Glenn Simonson. Read by Kathleen Watt. Servants. Read by Laurie Ann Walden. Read by Abigail Bartels. Read by Michael Wolfe. Read by Vaughn Ullman. Baptista Minola, a rich gentleman of Padua. Ernst Patinama. Vincenzo, an old gentleman of Pisa. Played by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Lucentio, son to Vincenzo, in love with Bianca. Read by M.B. Petruccio, a gentleman of Verona, suitor to Caterina. Read by Bologna Times. Suitors to Bianca, Gremio. Read by the Rat King. Hortensio. Read by Miriam Esther Goldman. Servants to Lucentio. Tranio. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Biondello. Read by Matthew Ward. Servants to Petruccio. Grumio. Read by Dennis Sayers. Curtis. Read by Greg Vestal. Pedant. Set up to personate Vincenzio. Read by Tom Hackett. Daughters to Baptista, Catarina the Shrew, read by Kristen Hughes, Bianca, read by Musical Heart One, Widow, read by Niru Ayur, Taylor, read by Michael Wolfe, Haberdasher, read by Laurie Ann Walden, and Servants, attending on Baptista and Petruccio, read by Lucy Perry, read by Redea, read by Glenn Simonson, narrated by Abai. Scene, sometimes in Padua and sometimes in Petruccio's house in the country. Induction Scene 1 Before an alehouse on a heath. Enter hostess and sly. Oh, fees you in faith. A pair of stocks, you rogue. You're a baggage. The slys are no rogues. Look in the chronicles. We came in with Richard Conqueror. Therefore, Pacus Palabras, let the world slide, Sessa. You will not pay for the glasses you have burst? No, not a denier. Go by, Saint Geronimy. Go to thy cold bed and warm thee. I know my remedy. I must go fetch the third borough. Exit. Third or fourth or fifth borough, I'll answer him by law. I'll not budge an inch, boy. Let him come and kindly lies down on the ground and falls asleep horns winded enter a lord from hunting with huntsmen and servants huntsman i charge thee tender well my hounds bratch merriman the poor cur is embossed and couple clowder with the deep-mouthed bratch sawst thou not boy how silver made it good at the hedge corner in the coldest fault i would not lose the dog for twenty pound why bellman is as good as he my lord he cried upon it at the merest loss, and twice to-day picked out the dullest scent. 
Trust me, I take him for the better dog. Thou art a fool. If Echo were as fleet, I would esteem him worth a dozen such. But sup them well, and look unto them all. Tomorrow I intend to hunt again. I will, my lord. See Sly. What's here? One dead? Or drunk? See, doth he breathe? He breathes, my lord. Were he not warmed with ale, this were a bed but cold to sleep so soundly. Oh, monstrous beast, how like a swine he lies! Grim death, how foul and loathsome is thine image! Sirs, I will practice on this drunken man. What think you, if, if he were conveyed to bed, wrapped in sweet clothes, rings put upon his fingers, a most delicious banquet by his bed, and brave attendance near him when he wakes? Would not the beggar then forget himself? Believe me, Lord, I think he cannot choose. It would seem strange unto him when he waked. Even as a flattering dream or worthless fancy. Then take him up and manage well the jest. Carry him gently to my fairest chamber and hang it round with all my wanton pictures. Balm his foul head in warm distilled waters and burn sweet wood to make the lodging sweet. <laughs> Procure me music ready when he wakes, to make a dulcet and a heavenly sound. And if he chance to speak, be ready straight, and with a low submissive reverence say, What is it your honour will command? Let one attend him with a silver basin full of rose-water and bestrewed with flowers. Another bear the ewer, the third a diaper, and say, Will't please your lordship cool your hands? Someone be ready with a costly suit, and ask him what apparel he will wear. Another, tell him of his hounds and horse, and that his lady mourns at his disease. Persuade him that he hath been lunatic, and when he says he is, say that he dreams, for he is nothing but a mighty lord. This do, and do it kindly, gentle sirs, it will be pastime passing excellent, if it be husbanded with modesty. My lord, I warrant you we will play our part. As he shall think by our true diligence, he is no less than what we say he is. Take him up gently, and to bed with him, and each one to his office when he wakes. Sly is borne out. A trumpet sounds. Sirrah, go see what trumpet tis that sounds. Exit servant. Be like some noble gentleman that means travelling some journey to repose him here. Re-enter servant. How oh, now, who is it? And it please, your honour, players that offer service to your lordship. Bid them come near. Enter players. Now, fellows, you are welcome. We thank your honour. Do you intend to stay with me tonight? So please your lordship to accept our duty. With all my heart. This fellow I remember, since once he played a, a farmer's eldest son. T'was where you wooed the gentlewoman so well. I have forgot your name, but sure that part was aptly fitted and naturally performed. I think t'was Soto that your honour means. Tis very true, thou didst it excellent. Well, you are come to me in happy time, the rather for I have some sport in hand wherein your cunning can assist me much. There is a lord will hear you play to-night. 
but I am doubtful of your modesties, lest, over-eyeing of his odd behaviour, for yet his honour never heard a play, you break into some merry passion, and so offend him. For I tell you, sirs, if you should smile, he grows impatient. Fear not, my lord. We can contain ourselves, were he the veriest antic in the world. Go, sirrah, take them to the buttery, and give them friendly welcome, every one. Let them want nothing that my house affords. Exit one with the players. Sirrah, go you to Bartholomew, my page, and see him dressed in all suits like a lady. That done, conduct him to the drunkard's chamber, and call him madam. Do him obeisance. Tell him from me, as he will win my love, he bear himself with honourable action, such as he hath observed in noble ladies unto their lords, by them accomplished. Such duty to the drunkard let him do, with soft low tongue and lowly courtesy, and say, What is your honour will command, wherein your lady and your humble wife may show her duty, and make known her love? and then with kind embracements tempting kisses and with declining head into his bosom bid him shed tears as being overjoyed to see her noble lord restored to health who for this seven years hath esteemed him no better than a poor and loathsome beggar and if the boy have not a woman's gift to rain a shower of commanded tears, an onion will do well for such a shift, which in a napkin being close conveyed shall in despite enforce a watery eye. See this dispatched with all the haste thou canst, anon I'll give thee more instructions. Exit servant. I know the boy will well usurp the grace, voice, gait, and action of a gentlewoman. Oh, I long to hear him call the drunkard husband, <laughs> and how my men will stay themselves from laughter when they do homage to this simple peasant. I'll in to counsel them. Haply my presence may well abate the over-merry spleen, which otherwise would grow into extremes. Exeunt. Scene two. A bedchamber in the Lord's house. Sly is discovered in a rich nightgown with attendants, some with apparel, basin, ewer, and other appurtenances, and lord dressed like a servant. For God's sakes, a pot of small ale. Will please your lordship drink a cup of sack? Will't please your honour taste of these conserves? What raiment will your honour wear today? I am Christophero Sly. Call me not honour, nor lordship. I ne'er drank sack in my life. And if you give me any conserves, give me conserves of beef. Ne'er ask me what raiment I'll wear, for I have no more doublets than backs, no more stockings than legs, nor more shoes than feet, nay, sometimes more feet than shoes, or such shoes as my toes look through the over-leather. Heaven cease this idle humour in your honour. Oh, that a mighty man of such descent of such possessions, and so high esteem should be infused with so foul a spirit. What? Would you make me mad? Am I not Christopher Sly, old Sly's son of Burton Heath, by birth a peddler, by education a card-maker, by transmutation a bear-herd, and now by present profession a tinker? Ask Marian Hackett, the fat alewife of Wincott, if she know me not. If she say I am not fourteen pence on the score for sheer ale, 
score me up for the lyingest knave in Christendom. What, am I not bestraught? Here's— Oh, this it is that makes your lady mourn. Oh, this is it that makes your servants droop. Hence comes it that your kindred shuns your house, as beaten hence by your strange lunacy. O noble lord, bethink thee of thy birth. Call home thy ancient thoughts from banishment, and banish hence these abject lowly dreams. Look how thy servants do attend on thee, each in his office ready at thy beck. Wilt thou have music? Hark, Apollo plays, and twenty caged nightingales do sing. Music. Or wilt thou sleep? We'll have thee to a couch softer and sweeter than the lustful bed on purpose trimmed up for Semiramis. Say thou wilt walk, we will bestrew the ground. Or wilt thou ride, thy horses shall be trapped, their harness studded all with gold and pearl. Dost thou love hawking? Thou hast hawks will soar above the morning lark. Or wilt thou hunt? Thy hounds shall make the welkin answer them, and fetch shall echoes from the hollow earth. Say thou wilt course, thy greyhounds are as swift as breathed stags, I fleeter than the roe. Dost thou love pictures? We will fetch thee straight to Donus, painted by a running brook, and Cytheria all in sedges hid, which seem to move and wanton with her breath, even as the waving sedges play with wind. We'll show thee Io as she was a maid, and how she was beguiled and surprised, as lively painted as the deed was done. Or Daphne roaming through a thorny wood, scratching her legs, that one shall swear she bleeds, and at that sight shall sad Apollo weep, so workmanly the blood and tears are drawn. Thou art a lord, and nothing but a lord. Thou hast a lady far more beautiful than any woman in this waning age. And till the tears that she hath shed for thee, like envious floods, o'errun her lovely face, she was the fairest creature in the world, and yet she is inferior to none. Am I a lord? And have I such a lady? Or do I dream? Or have I dreamed till now? I do not sleep. I see. I hear. I speak. I smell sweet savours, and I feel soft things. Upon my life I am a lord indeed, and not a tinker, nor Christophero's sly. Well, bring our lady hither to our sight, and once again a pot of the smallest ale. Wilt please your mightiness to wash your hands? Servants present a ewer, basin, and napkin. Oh, how we joy to see your wit restored! Oh, that once more you knew but what you are! These fifteen years you've been in a dream, or when you waked, so waked as if you slept. These fifteen years! By my fay, a goodly nap! But did I never speak of all that time? Oh, yes, my lord, but very idle words. For though you lay here in this goodly chamber, yet would you say ye were beaten out of door? and rail upon the hostess of the house, and say you would present her at the leet, because she brought stone jugs and no sealed courts. Sometimes you would call out for Cicely Hackett. Aye, the woman's maid of the house. Why, sir, you know no house, nor no such maid, nor no such men as you've reckoned up as Stephen Sly, and old John Knapps of Greece, and Peter Turf, and Henry Pimpernel, and twenty more such names and men as these, which never were, 
nor no man ever saw. Now, Lord, be thanked for my good amends. Amen. I thank thee, thou shalt not lose by it. Enter the page as a lady with attendants. How fares my noble lord? Mary, I fare well, for here is cheer enough. Where is my wife? Here, noble lord, what is thy will with her? Are you my wife, and will not call me a husband? My men should call me lord. I am your goodman. My husband and my lord, my lord and husband, I am your wife in all obedience. I know it well. What must I call her? Madam. Else, madam, or Joan, madam? Madam, and nothing else. So lords call ladies. Madam wife, they say that I have dreamed and slept above some fifteen year or more. Ay, and the time seems thirty unto me, being all this time abandoned from your bed. Tis much. Servants, leave me and her alone. Madame, undress you, and come now to bed. Thrice, noble lord, let me entreat of you, to pardon me yet for a night or two, or if not so, until the sun be set. For your physicians have expressly charged, in peril to incur your former malady, that I should yet absent me from your bed. I hope this reason stands for my excuse. Ay, it stands so that I may hardly tarry so long, but I would be loath to fall into my dreams again. I will therefore tarry, in despite of the flesh and the blood. Enter a servant. Your honour's players, hearing your amendment, are come to play a pleasant comedy, for so your doctors hold it very meet, seeing too much sadness hath congealed your blood, and melancholy is the nurse of frenzy. Therefore they thought it good you hear a play, and frame your mind to mirth and merriment, which bars a thousand harms and lengthens life. Mary, I will. Let them play it. Is not a comedy a Christmas gambled, or a tumbling trick? No, my good lord, it is more pleasing stuff. What, household stuff? It is a kind of history. Well, we'll seat. Come, madame wife, sit by my side and let the world slip. We shall ne'er be younger. Flourish. End of induction.